On this week's brand new Compete Everyday podcast, we welcome back Brian Levinson to talk about how we shift our mind and why competitors need to walk the line between being humble and being arrogant. What's up, Competitor Nation? Jake Thompson here, your Chief Encouragement Officer. You guys and girls are in for a treat today as we welcome back to the show my good buddy Brian Levinson to talk about his new book, Shift Your Mind. If you remember, Brian was our guest way back in episode 140 last summer. We talked about his podcast, Intentional Performers, and more importantly, how competitors today need to be intentional with the things they do every day. We don't float in and out of life. We don't just mail it in. No, we're intentional with every choice, every action, every interaction, because we understand that we are choosing to show up and compete. We're choosing success. We're not choosing complacency. We're not choosing our excuses. We're choosing to win. And so Brian and I have an awesome episode from last year that I've linked to in the show notes for you to go back and listen to, and then dive into today's brand new episode as we talk about his book, which has easily been one of my favorites of 2020, if not the last five years. Brian talks about how our brains operate in a performance mindset versus a preparation mindset. And for a lot of us, how we struggle to flip that switch. But in essence, like we have to be able to flip that switch. We need to be thinking one way in preparation and a different way in performance. And the individuals that have found that way to do that, they found that quote unquote secret to flip that switch, to shift their mindset can do incredible things. The one thing I love about Brian's book is not only is the chapters just full of incredible information, but at the end, he's given tools and resources on how to build that mindset. So if you're interested in taking your mindset to a new level and not only being able to excel when you prepare for your moment, but when you step into that moment, then I'm going to challenge you and encourage you to pick up Brian's new book, Shift Your Mind. We've linked to it here in the show notes. You can get it Amazon. You can get it on Brian's website as we talk about on the show. But I'm telling you, it's one of the best reads I've had this year, and it will take your mental game to a new level. This episode is sponsored today by Swanson Health. Swanson Health has been producing quality vitamins, supplements, and more for over 50 years right here in the heart of America. They comply with all FDA and FTC standards and ship U.S., Canada, and internationally. I myself have been using the lutein because of just how much time I spend looking at a computer screen or a phone screen all day. I've noticed that even wearing my blue light blocker glasses, my eyes still become pretty fatigued, especially the later in the day. And so I've started using that to help increase my eye health. Lutein's antioxidant protection helps your eyes, especially while looking at digital devices and blue light all day long. So if you want quality products for vitamin C, zinc, ginger root, energy C, melatonin, lutein, and more, be sure to check out all of Swanson Health's great products. Use code IMPROVE20, that's I-M-P-R-O-V-E-2-0, IMPROVE20, and you'll get 20% off site-wide and free shipping for any order over $50. Check them out at swanson.com. Before we welcome Brian to the show, hey, want to give you a heads up that I have set up the code GRATITUDE to give you 20% off for the next six days. So today, November 4th, until Tuesday, November 10th, you can use the code GRATITUDE one time or 20 times if you want to get 20% off. 
And if you haven't been to the store yet this month, on Monday, we just dropped our fall collection, including some sweatshirts, brand new hoodies, new hats and gear, a crop hoodie for women, and oh, one of the things I've been so excited to roll out, the Pound the Stone collection. You guys that have been in the book club, you've read the book Pound the Stone, you've heard the story about the stone carver working away at that, pounding the rock over and over and over again until finally it breaks. It's a perfect symbol for what it means to compete every day, to keep showing up, keep doing your best, keep competing until you finally get that goal. It's not about one swing. It's not about 10 swings. It's about making the swing every single day, chipping away at that goal, making the choices to be more like the person you want to become. And so I'm fired up about that new release, this new collection. So head on over to competeeveryday.com. Use the code gratitude, support the show. And also, if you haven't checked your podcast downloads, you'll notice you already have two episodes out this week, which is rare. Starting in November, that's right, starting Monday, November 2nd, running through the end of the month, we are dropping three episodes every single week. Every Wednesday, you can jump on here, tune into the interviews. We've got some incredible guests in the pipeline. Today, we've got Brian Levinson. Next week, we have Lauren Johnson with the New York Yankees. After that, we've got Steph Cohen with Hybrid Performance Method and rounding out the month, Ken Lubin of the Executive Athletes. We've got some awesome conversations in the mix every Wednesday, and then on Monday to help you start the week strong, and Fridays to help you finish the week strong, I've got some short solo episodes that dive into what competitors do differently, what are the things you can do today to go into today with a little bit of fire, with a sharpened focus, and just win the day ahead of you. So be sure, tune in, check out those brand new episodes every Monday, Wednesday, Friday, all month long, and show up and keep competing for the life you want, the goals you have, the people you love. Now, let's get into talking mindset. It's the one thing you're here about because you want to lead better, you want to achieve more, you want to know how you can compete every day. Today is the day you find out more about that as we welcome to the show, Brian Levinson. Brian, welcome back to the Compete Everyday Podcast, my friend. How are you? Doing great, Jake. Uh, excited to be back here. I always love chatting. I was thinking about this as we were talking before you hit record. The world's weird right now. Like this is a strange time. Like we are more isolated, at least most of us, than we've ever been. But one of the things that I'm super grateful for, uh, social media and technology has its downfalls and uh, we have our issues with them. But I think about meeting someone like you and it never would have happened if it wasn't for podcasting or or social media. And that's one of the gifts of our world shrinking. And so really grateful to get to know you. You've been super helpful for me uh, as I navigate the world that we're in. And uh, so, yeah, I just want to put that out there because I think we we are quick to criticize social media. We're quick to criticize technology and rightfully so, but there's also a beauty in it. And I think us chatting again is one of the examples. 
Well, thank you for that, my friend. I would say I, I get so much out of the Intentional Performers podcast. I love listening to it. Uh, a ton of episodes. I just like go back and listen and take notes. And so technology is our friend, like most everything in life. It's just how do we be more intentional with it? How do we not just get caught scrolling endlessly, but seek out right people, seek out the right groups to follow and learn from. And, and fortunately, we have a friendship and a relationship and, and you didn't get to hear because I record all the intros off air. But now I, I used to introduce you as podcaster and performance coach, but now we've got published author as Shift Your Mind is out, which is one of the things I want to talk to you about today because it came up on our first conversation. We talked about differences between a practice mindset and a game day performance mindset. And you teased this book that you were working on back then. And I was like, what is this? Where are we going? And so let's talk a little bit about this, this new baby of yours, of the shift your mind, the nine mental shifts to thrive in preparation and performance, because they're very different switches that we almost have to flip on and off, right? From practice to actually how we play. And a lot of people struggle with that flip. Yeah. And you mentioned baby. I know you've written compete every day and know what it's like. And I think you're writing another book right now, if I'm not mistaken. Yep. And so it's interesting because I've got two babies. One is uh, three and a half and, and one is four and a half. They're 14 months apart. And I've been explaining to people because they're like, what's it like to hold the book in your hand? And I go to them, it's paper. <laughs> I'm like, I, I hate, I, I would love to tell you that it's some like magical feeling. Now, when I opened the box and I saw it for the first time, it was exciting, but it wasn't like a baby. Like when the baby came out, I was like, my world has just changed. And the other thing with a baby is it grows, it develops, it evolves. Whereas the book is like, there. it's set <laughs> and there's no going back. And look, a baby too and a kid, there's no going back from that either, but there is hope, there's potential, there is excitement. And so I think the book, just to close the loop, it is nerve wracking because now it's set in stone and I'm sure there's stuff in the book that I'm going to look back on five years from now and just be like, well, what are you talking about, Brian? That's crazy talk. <laughs> Cause I'll grow and I'll develop yeah. and I'll think differently. Um, so it was interesting going through the process. I'd imagine it's similar to a pro athlete when they win a championship and then they're like, that's it. This is the trophy. Uh, and it's maybe great for a night. And then the next day they wake up, they put their pants on and like go about their life. So a little anti-climactic, but I'm excited to have other people uh, find it useful. And that's really why I wrote it is that it can help other people. And so I'm starting to get reviews from people that are not mom and dad that are saying that they really enjoy it. And that is uh, really fulfilling. Uh, as far as the- I want to ask you on that, on that same note, because you said something there that's fascinating uh, mainly because I had a coaching call this morning with someone and, and the whole topic was around the idea of overthinking and how like they are just stuck in this loop of overthinking and what if and fear. And my comment was like, well, you can always change course later. And, and you just reiterated that of like the biggest thing, like you write a book, you change your mind in five years. If you learn something new, you write a new book, you change the abridged edition, you learn, you develop, like but you have to put it out there. You have to start, you have to do the work, you have to figure things out. And then as you grow, if you need to course correct, you can. And too many people don't do that. Too many people are stuck in that overthinking loop. Did you kind of have that before you started writing of like really overthinking the content? Or did you just say, I got to get this out. I got to get it out of me and onto paper. And if it becomes something, it becomes something that we can share. 
More the latter, but I think it actually is a good segue to the, what the book is about, which is you mentioned the preparation mind and the performance mind. And so for me, the actual writing, getting it to paper, like there was so much content for me to write this book. It was more about editing and cutting it down and making sure we weren't redundant. And that's when I was like, this is a book because there's just so much evidence to back up the framework that I talk about in the book. So for me, I was spending a lot of time in the performance mind. I was writing, I was trusting my instinct. I was a little bit arrogant in the idea that this book is, is worthwhile and that I could freaking write a book. Like I'm not, I, would, I didn't go to college for writing. And, um, and I think you have to play when you're writing. You can't just work it. You just have to let it go, yeah. lose your inhibition. And I think it's the same thing for an athlete, whether they're playing football on Saturday or Sunday or Friday night, um, or a basketball player in a bubble or a hockey player in the Stanley Cup or whatever they're going through is you have to play sports. You have to play if you're an actor, you're in a play. If you're a musician, you play an instrument. You don't work those things. But then the other parts of the book process were absolutely work, were absolutely uh, humble. Uh, so the book is about these shifts. So humble in preparation, arrogant in performance, work in preparation, play in performance. And there's nine of them that I focus on in the book. And so I had to use the framework as I was writing. So uh, I would write and then I would be very humble and get feedback from our editor. And I hired a writing coach who would help me with the process. And we had a publisher. So those people were experts and I had to be humble and say, what do you think? How does this sound? With the um, title of the book, I wanted feedback and I wanted people to share what they thought. The cover, there are things that I need to be humble about. And then there are other things I need to be arrogant about. There were aspects of the writing process that were absolutely work. The attention to the detail, make sure the research is correct backfilling, constantly reviewing. It was work. It was tedious. It required meticulous attention to detail, analysis. But the actual writing required play, instinct, all of what I call the performance mind. So for me personally, I actually am better at the performance mind than the preparation mind. But I will tell you, most of my clients are typically better at the preparation mind than the performance mind. And that preparation mind is often what gets in the way for them to perform up to their potential. Well, and I think that's why you're incredibly successful at the coaching work you do is because you probably come at it from that other angle that most people would, and especially those people you work with. And, and what your story just reminded me of is while I was going through uh, speaker training years ago, it was always the idea like you can't edit while you're performing. Like you just write, like get it out, get up, worry about the editing later because you can't keep rethinking what you're doing. And the same on stage, like Michael was like, listen, just let it rip. Like quarterback snap the ball. You've got to make a turn. Just go like quit thinking. Oh my gosh, what's this person? Or what's that? What am I got? He's like, you just got to let it rip and, and play. And that's what you hit on there. That's what you hit on in the book of, of being able to be all in during that preparation phase, but then also be able to be all in during that performance phase. And, and that's really what the great ones can do is they know when to train and when to, to flip that switch back and forth. Were there specific people that, that stood out to you while you were doing this book and, and studying and case studies of like perfect examples of, of people that can go from that one state of mind or that one state of mind to the other? The two people I think of, and they, one of them actually talked about the other is Kobe Bryant and Beyonce. And I think about them because they transform once they're doing their thing, 
whether it's Beyonce at the halftime show of the Super Bowl or it's Kobe in the NBA Finals, when they're between the lines or when they're in the arena or on stage, they shift their mind. And Beyonce is somebody who's fascinating to study. I, I always say she's like our generation Socrates. She's actually brilliant. Uh, and I think a lot of people just see her. Uh, she's obviously beautiful uh, and they hear her voice and she's obviously talented. But if you really listen to what she talks about, she's extremely extremely thoughtful, intentional, and bright with how she thinks about preparation and performance. She's perfectionistic. She wants everything to be a certain way in her preparation so that she can be adaptable in performance. She's pretty soft-spoken. She's pretty humble. She's always looking for feedback and trying to perfect her craft and get better. When she steps on the stage, she's queen bee. Like she's a diva. And, And Kobe Bryant was interviewed. I think it was Lewis Howes who interviewed him. And he talked about Beyonce and how she prepares, 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 goes out, does her thing. And then she goes back. And when she gets off stage, she watches film, she reflects, she goes over everything that happened. And if you study elite performers, whether it's the Navy SEALs or the Blue Angels or a a football team on Monday, um, they have this process of constantly iterating analyzing and using their instincts they they are experimenting in preparation but then on game day they're trusting their process that they're going to find a way they step into discomfort i know you're big in physical fitness world like you need to be uncomfortable to grow that is true be comfortable with the uncomfortable but when you're between the lines you don't need to be uncomfortable that's when you have to be grounded comfortable, create routines, habits that get you into a headspace and mentally and physically that you're ready to go. That's why you stretch before you go out and compete in in sports. You're getting yourself comfortable physically. The same sort of stuff can be done mentally. Fear and preparation and fearlessness and performance, uh, selfish in preparation and selfless in performance. So the book focuses on these nine shifts, but Kobe and Beyonce are two people that I'm fascinated by. And unfortunately, um, you know, we sort of the quote unquote book on Kobe, all we have now is story, but he did such an amazing job when he retired to share his mindset when he was playing. And I think it's one of the reasons why he was really on his way to being very successful away from basketball, because he really understood how to prepare and how to perform. Yeah. And I find that fascinating. I'm I'm assuming you're familiar with Todd Herman's work with, with alter ego. And the way you describe that is how I better understand his work, which is fascinating because I'd read it is he talked about having that alter ego for those performance moments, but the way you just position the shift makes so much more difference of someone that's like, well, I can't imagine having a, a soup being Superman, but I can't imagine how do I flip my mindset? How do I step into this different arena? And that's really what I love about the, your book and, and a lot of the lessons you go through in it. What do you think is, is probably everyone's, I would say everyone, most people's challenge today with flipping that mindset one way or the other? Is it the belief that there's only one way to look at it? Or is there some other obstacle that kind of keeps us from going back and forth? And there's two elements. And just to close the loop on the alter ego stuff, Kobe created the Black Mamba. He created it after he was accused of sexual assault. He knew that when he was in the arena, he could not deal with the judgment of the fans and there were going to be all kinds of stuff thrown his way and he needed to be fearless. And I think you earn the right to have a performance mind that's fearless from being fearful in preparation. You earn the right 
to have a little arrogance, which is an unshakable belief in yourself because you humbly prepared. But if those are isolated and just one, that's where often people get mixed up. And I just think Kobe and Beyonce are good examples of shifting because if you're just one of those, you can be good. But if you're both, that's where I think greatness occurs. Well, and you, far, and that yeah. thing you just mentioned is, is Michael Jordan was famously talked about his work ethic and what he did in practice eliminated fear on game day. Like he, he always said, fearless. he always said, I play basketball. I play basketball. And it's interesting because everyone thinks that before the game, someone like Michael, who was like a killer and, you know, crazy competitor, he joked around before he went out on the court. Like he was a jokester. He even said I was a prankster. Like, so I'm, I'm always intrigued by stereotypes that get put out because I don't think there's one way to eat a Reese's. There's multiple ways you can approach preparing to perform. For me, the book is an opportunity for you to create a framework for yourself. And by the way, I had like 30 of these shifts. We just focused on nine. It's not the nine, but there are nine that we focus on. So there may be shifts that resonate with some people and don't resonate with others. Totally cool. Um, so to answer your question about why is it that we struggle with this, I think part of the reason is we are told as a society that arrogance, for example, is bad and don't try to be perfect. Just focus on progress and don't be selfish. Just be selfless. So we often as a society, uh, we use words and we, we add connotations to them that create this idea that something's positive or negative and doesn't take into account when. And I think when is so underrated. We all hear about start with why and know your mission and that stuff is important. Knowing how to do something's important. Knowing what your vision is, is important. And so is when. And when we need to be a certain way based on the environment we're in is essential. So I think one, we don't talk about that you can be more than one thing. We say that dude's humble. That dude's arrogant. Or she's fearful she's fearless. Yet, if you really study the elites of the elite, they're actually both. And they just use those different themes at different times. So that's one, I agree. I think we, we try to make it too simple and too clean. And this is actually a little bit more complex and humans are complex. Then the other issue is most of us spend more time in preparation than we do performance. So that's why I think most people struggle with getting into their performance mind because they get so many repetitions in that preparation mind that they build that muscle and they don't actually practice their performance mind. So I make distinctions between preparation, practice, and performance. And I think it's important to just point out preparation is about a process of making ourselves ready or competent. It's growing, it's learning, it's developing. It's basically trying to make ourselves more ready. Performance is about execution. It's, we're going to be evaluated, we're going to be judged, and we need to execute in that moment. And there's something on the line. And then practice to me is a great, a great practice is a combination of both of those. Because we have a repeated proficiency that we're doing when it comes to preparation. For a basketball player, it might be working on footwork. For a football player, it might be watching film. For a musician, it might be practicing a chord over and over again and just mastering that chord. So it is getting proficient in that preparation. And then it is riffing and scrimmaging and simulating it and, and having a dress rehearsal and actually going through the performance. So you know this as a speaker, when you can do a dress rehearsal and you know what the setup is and you know what the technology is and you actually practice that performance, then once you're on stage, you really can let go. Um, but if you don't have that opportunity, you just prepare, 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 and then it's a completely different environment. It is a harder adjustment. So 
that shift is really essential. And I would encourage people to take an audit and an inventory of how often they're in the preparation mind, how often they're in the performance mind, and then what does their practice need to look like so that they can tap into the one that maybe they're under indexed on. Yeah. And that's so incredibly important for our listeners because we've talked sports, but right there, we're talking life, like giving a sales presentation, making sales calls, presenting for your company awards banquet, uh, interviewing for a job, interviewing candidates, like all of those pieces can be performances if we know how to flip that switch. And especially in some of those arenas, most people are like, I just, I'm not a good speaker or I don't present well, or so-and-so does this versus understanding like, how do we do the preparation phase? How do we then practice? And then when we come in the performance, like we know it, like in my speaking coach was like, when you work the material enough on the prep phase, when you go through those dress rehearsals, like the materials in your bones, like if you get on stage, you can just wing it. Like sometimes you're not winging it per se of like, I'm just going to get there in free flow, but you know it so well that if something happens during the course and, and the stage is smaller or technology goes out, like you're good. Like you're, you're good to go. And, and it's interesting how for a lot of us speaking has been the eye opener for me in that same space of working the process, working the pre preparation practice, and then performance is just fun. And the audience can tell when it's fun and people, when you're giving at sales presentation, like, man, that like you enjoy your job, like you're a natural at this. And you're like, Oh yes, I'll let you think that, but here's all the work that went in. And I think that's why it's so important for our listeners one, to pick up a copy of your book, because whatever they're doing in life, there are those two arenas. And the better we can get at mastering those, one, the more fun we're going to have, but probably the more effective and successful we can be because it, we're going to be able to transition effectively to get the desired outcome we want. One of the uh, fascinating professions that we both have interviewed people are actors. And I think what's interesting about an actor and I hadn't thought about this till I interviewed a few. I've had maybe five on my podcast. An actor's job is to make you think that they're not acting. So if it seems like it's rehearsed and they're just going back and forth and it's just memorized, it's bad acting. Yeah. And, and so a great actor, they know their lines, but they can't telegraph it. They can't, it, it has to be more free flowing. I think a great speaker is the same way. I think Beyonce, I, you know, I watched a special where she talked about her preparation for the halftime show at the Super Bowl, which was like big deal for her. And she winked in the middle of that performance. Now Beyonce didn't practice winking in her preparation, but in that moment she winked. I think of Tyra Banks as the supermodel who for those who are maybe a little younger, don't realize like Tyra was it yep. for a long time. And she's still a performer and, and does TV and does all kinds of stuff. And, but when you watch Tyra walk the runway, she did it with swagger, enthusiasm, joy, um, a little bit of arrogance and her ability to be in that moment, to be present allowed her to perform. But the key here is that she earned that, from thinking about the future in preparation. So she earns being present by thinking about the future in preparation and then practicing being present and, and practicing both the future and the present. And so you think about a speaker, when you go on stage, Jake, you know your lines, you know what you want to accomplish, you know who your audience is, you put in all this prep work. And if someone walks in late, how do you handle that? If your PowerPoint, I don't know if you use PowerPoint, if your PowerPoint goes down, what do you do? 
So there's all this wicked environment stuff that happens when you're performing. And oh, by the way, we're in COVID right now. It's freaking wicked. We're all in this wicked environment and having to adapt. So adaptability is huge. And so is perfectionism. We need to perfect our craft so that we can be adaptable. And, And I think that message is so key for us in life right now, because a lot of people that are perfectionistic are struggling because there is no winning against what we're going against right now. Yes, you can compete every day. Yes, you can do the best you can, but shit's going to hit the fan and there's going to be bad things that are going to happen. That's life. And COVID in some ways mirrors life, hopefully not completely, but there are limitations. There are things that are out of your control that are going to happen. And so that's where I think that setting your mind for preparation and performance allows you to get clear on, hey, am I in a preparation stage right now? Or am I in a performance stage right now? And depending on what environment I'm in should dictate how I'm showing up. Yeah. And, and that is a phenomenal example and setup for why people should pick up the book. And I laugh listening to you. I can't help but think about, you know, great quarterbacks like Tom Brady. And you think about, they know the playbook through and through. They've practiced, they've done the prep work. But there's not a snap in an NFL game that goes according to plan. Somebody gets knocked back. Somebody gets pushed off route. Like, it's never the way it's drawn up. No play in a game almost ever goes perfectly. But in those moments, have you, prepar- have you prepared? Have you practiced so hard that you can adjust? Okay, cool. They knocked off. This means that route's getting cut short. How do I handle this timing? This guy was come through. And you watch a game, and everything's going 100 miles an hour, and they're just unflappable because – They've done that work ahead of time. They put themselves in that situation. They know everything and how they control what they do that when things outside of their control happen, which happens to all of us, as you just shared, they can adjust, they can adapt, they can still make a play. And that's obviously what we want for our listeners. How do you do the work ahead of time, prepare, have it in your bones. And when something happens outside outside of your control, just adapt. You adapt, you keep going, you find a way to move forward with what you control. Brian, where can people pick up a copy of your book? Where's the best place to grab it? And then where's the best place to connect with you? Because for our listeners, if you're not making time every week for the Intentional Performers podcast, I've got a leg up on you because I pull and learn so much every week. So add it to your subscriptions on podcasts. But where can we find you and where can we grab Shift Your Mind? Thanks, Jake. And you can listen to Jake's episode as well. He came on the podcast and was a great guest. Uh, So strongskills.co, it's strongskills.co. I joke, I I know you have a marketing background. So I I joke that the M was way too much money. It was just stupid money (laughs) to pay for the M. And I'm like, why, why would I pay X for the M? It, it just didn't make sense to me. So we went with .co. Hopefully you won't hold that against us. Uh, it makes us look a little different and our company's a little bit different. So yeah. we pride ourselves in that. And there you can find the podcast. You can find the book. You can find anything that I'm really involved with, almost everything. And then I'm big on Twitter at Brian Levinson. That's where I like to play from a social media standpoint, LinkedIn as well. And uh, the book you can get anywhere, uh, Barnes & Noble, Amazon, wherever you get your books, uh, indie, uh, indie bookstores, carry it. So uh, Jake, this has been a ton of fun. And the last thing I'll, I'll sort of leave everyone with is you were talking about adapting and football. And I think football is just a really good example. They literally have an audible that they can go to. And this morning I was listening to Dan Orlovsky, who does quarterback breakdowns. And he was talking about Dwayne Haskins, who's the quarterback for the Washington football team, which is where I live. I know you live in Dallas, but are a Panthers fan. That's so we right. don't need to get into football talk right now. <laughs> I don't think it's going to serve anybody. Um, but uh, he was saying how Dwayne Haskins 
is doing a good job with a lot of things, but one of the things he needs to work on is his, his progressions and not just going to the one opportunity. He needs to have that one opportunity in mind, but he needs to feel it and know when to go to the secondary or the third progression and be patient in that regard. And that requires adaptability. I think of the Philadelphia Eagles when they won the Super Bowl and they ran Philly, Philly, where they Nick Foles hands it to the running back uh, or the tight end. And then the tight end throws it to him in the end zone. Like that is adaptability. Uh, Now they perfected that play beforehand, but he went to the sideline and said to his coach, Doug Peterson, Hey, you want to run Philly, Philly? And his coach was like, yeah, let's do it. I think about Sean Payton with the New Orleans Saints who had an onside kick in the Super Bowl a couple of years ago. Like that is adaptability. And I love analysis and analytics, but sometimes we also need to trust our instinct and our gut. And so I think the book will hint, we, we talk about those examples in the book. So yeah, I poured my heart and soul into it. it took four years to write. I did everything I could. Um, I'm somebody who for better or for worse, I'm just going to hit you over the head with more and more and more and more anecdotes, evidence, uh, anything, any, my own personal experiences, it's all in the book. And someone joked, they're like, oh, well, um, you should save that, that idea for your next book. And I go, what next book? Like, this is it. This is put everything into this book, everything I got. So um, yeah, I'm pretty excited about how it turned out and hopefully it helps some people. So appreciate you giving me the platform to, to chat about it. I can talk about this stuff all day. I'm just really passionate about helping people uh, set their mind and, and think in a productive manner. Man, and that's why we get along so incredibly well. So driven to do the same thing, help folks the same way. Uh, listeners, strong skills got strongskills.co. Grab a copy of the book, check out Intentional Performers. And then if you are looking for some executive leadership coaching, sports mental performance coaching, I assure you there's no one better than my man, Brian Levinson. Brian, thank you for coming on the show this week. Thanks, Jake. Thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Compete Everyday Podcast. As always, drop us a note with your feedback to podcast at competeeveryday.com. Check out more episodes, find amazing apparel, get connected with the community at competeeveryday.com. And until next week, bring your best, show up every day regardless of how you feel, and be that type of competitor you were created to be.